And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. We are back, baby. We're back. Yeah. Classic. We are back. That's we right. are back. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, October 18th. Happy NBA Eve. Yes, one more sleep. I'm J.E. Skeets, back from beautiful Arizona. And alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Yeah, welcome back from beautiful Arizona, J.E. Oh, it's so great to be back with my boys. Got my Top Shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max. Leelis. Friend. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, it's J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Take a second. Subscribe if you haven't. Like the video if you haven't. Make sure you comment both live in the stream yard or stream team. It is, I guess, stream yard too. <laughs> or drop your comments below the YouTube video. Give it away the playbooks. Yeah, man, share the show. Share the show. I'm a little rusty, obviously, after taking a couple days off. You guys did fantastic work, though. Uh, part four and five there without me. And the no buffs episode. Oh, baby. What an episode to talk about. Uh, I love that as well. Had a lot to listen to on that flight back from Arizona. So great job there, guys. On today's show, we're going to discuss the odds of Ben Simmons playing for the Sixers this week. Uh, What the hell's going on there still? We'll talk about the Suns signing Mikael Bridges to an extension. That's done, but not eaten as of recording here. And we're going to get into NBA season preview predictions. We want to walk back. We just made them last week, Lee. <laughs> Classic. And Classic. we're already second-guessing some of our uh, predictions. The good thing about this is you really get two bites of the apple because if you take one back and the other one comes true, you can say, that's my real pick. Right. But if the original one comes true, you can say, we were only doing that for the show. I didn't right. really want to take that back. So it's great. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but before we get to all that, congratulations are in store to the Chicago Sky, who are WNBA champions for the first time in franchise history. The sixth-seeded Sky, they erased a double-digit deficit, came back in the final minutes there on Sunday to defeat the Phoenix Mercury 80-74. to TK, my man, was blasting tweets throughout the playoff run for the Chicago Sky, oh, especially yeah. in the finals, and uh, I know you're on... Uh, you're on cloud nine right now. You're sky high with the sky uh, bringing a title to the city of Chicago. Just setting up for the Bulls to do the same, right? Uh, that's exactly right. Skeets, as Sam Unono points out, Chi-Town became Skytown yesterday. Like First title in franchise history. And it was awesome to watch the sky the entire WNBA playoffs. I thought game four yesterday was kind of a microcosm of the way things have gone for the sky. They were down uh, 11 uh, halfway through the third quarter. They were down nine heading into the fourth quarter. But Candace Parker, Naperville's own, they just kept cutting to her saying, hey, relax, chill out. We're fine. We're doing okay here. A huge 7-0 run by Candace Parker herself. The sky are going crazy. The crowd's going crazy. Candace hits the game-tying three with about two minutes left. 
Then we got Stephanie Dolson rumbling down the lane, hitting a couple of survivor floaters, putting the touch <laughs> on it to give the sky a lead. Oh, it was exciting to see them finally uh, win the championship. Saw Candace Parker break down, find her family immediately, find her daughter immediately. That was really awesome to see. And for me personally, I was like going crazy because it's Isla's birthday today. She turns mm. seven years old. And oh. for me, I think back to when I was seven years old and like I vividly remember the Bulls winning their first championship. So I'm like, I know you're going to have memories of this. Right. Ergo, I'm standing up the whole time, clapping as loud as I can, giving them high fives to the point where maybe I went a little too hard on it with a, <laughs> with a little a little too much ferocious slaps there, like we're getting ready to record an episode. But that was one of the things I just want both of the girls to remember, seeing a team that they actually follow a little bit win a championship. It was really fun yesterday. Kudos to the sky and... Uh, Candace Parker especially, and the other Chicago area legend, Allie Quigley as oh, yeah. well, getting the hometown title. Very, very cool stuff. Yeah, she was on fire. She had five threes, did she not? Yeah, I know she's one of the uh, best three-point shooters in the game. Um, that was cool to see. It looked like they were not going to be It looked like we were setting up for a game five there for sure, of course, with that crazy comeback from the sky. I was watching it in a in a um, an airport, you know, lounge or bar, I guess, uh, which I was happy to see. You know, the football games were on, <laughs> yeah. But you had the you had the WNBA game on there as well, and people were watching it. People the were crowd, into it. The crowd looked insane there in right. Chicago. Actually, that was awesome to see. Uh, and and I'm, I'm very happy to see Candace Parker getting the uh, delayed starters bump there going on yep, to win the championship. Right. <laughs> but uh, also, you know, it was funny for me because obviously I don't have a real tie to either of those cities. But Diana Taurasi has been one of the greatest uh, female players of all time. Would have been nice to see her win a championship too. But, of course, uh, we have a, a connection there to Candace as well. So whoever won, it was going to feel a little bit disappointing for the other one. But uh, it's been a great season. And uh, congratulations to Candace. It's kind of like LeBron going back to Cleveland, really, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, she was in L.A. She goes back to Chicago. They never won before. They didn't look good. Their season got off to a terrible start. And I remember that because they drafted Shyla Hill. And then they cut her after only about six games. Because the team was doing so badly, but then to come back and then to win it from sixth was uh, incredible. So fantastic job, Candace. She really is one of the uh, best athletes to cheer for because she's such a, you know, such a, a, a normal person. When we have had her on the show there at the, uh, at the starter, she was great to talk to. So uh, happy for her. Little bit un, uh, you know, a little bit unhappy, I guess, for Tarasi because uh, it's she's just been such a great ambassador for the game as well throughout her entire. It's career. all right. She's got the goat trophy. Uh, she's yes, fine. and yeah, she's yeah. married to Australian legend Penny Taylor. So oh, uh, well done, Diana, uh, for a, a great career. She might still be playing, by the way. I'm not saying she's retiring, but uh, she's been great. Yeah, uh, Tass, did you watch this? Uh, yeah, WNBA I've been watching. I've been yeah. watching this this playoff run. It's been great. This is the season I've enjoyed the most by far. I think. Everybody talks about Candace Parker, but that team is just stacked. Yeah. If you watch the games, they are just good up and down the roster. I, I love watching Courtney Vandersloot play. She just runs the show. She's got it all. She's a baller. That's mm -hmm. the simplest word for it. She does everything that any basketball player can do. She's got the fakes. She's got the passes. She's 5'8". She can, you know, she creates space. Uh, she's got you know some some craftiness out there. She's got a little Facundo Campazzo craftiness or a, a little Milos Teodosic, Teodosic craftiness, uh, like that Leah John Copper. Stockton craftiness. That's a yeah. once I learned but, that she had uh, been tutored by John Stockton playing at Gonzaga. I was like, oh, mm. 
Yeah. I'm not a big John Stockton fan, but I can see the influence, no doubt. Well, she's got more flair than John Stockton. She's, Everybody yeah. does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lee Ellis does. That's why I don't like making the John Stockton comparison. Yeah, that's right. It's like, okay, sure. Uh, yeah, she's got the beauty passes. And yeah, up and down, the, the Quigs found her shot there in uh, the fourth quarter. Clea Copper, is a, she, she won MVP. She didn't have the, you know, the best uh, game four there, no. but she was... The putbacks, the tough, tough drives all series long. Yeah, they're just they're just good. And yeah, the Stephanie Dolson. I didn't see the the flicks coming in her game, but uh, she's got them. She's got them. So that was, that was they're just a great team to cheer for. And yeah, it's easy to cheer for Candace Parker being on our program once upon a time and uh, sitting a few chairs down from her in the makeup room. She you know she is a she is a competitor. She's just a great person. She went mm-hmm. to. Uh, Portillo, she pulled the Giannis Tetacumpo and you know, he went to did fast food after the game. She went and got a couple dogs apparently after the game like a normal person. Uh, Anthony Parker was my first love. Uh, but you know, Candace Parker of the Parker family, but Candace yeah. Parker I think has uh, usurped uh, Anthony Parker, who's I still love that guy too. Former he's Raptors good. legend Anthony Parker yeah. for sure. He's back uh, in the NBA, I think Anthony too. I think he was he, uh, picked yeah, up by assistant on a, on a, GM with the Magic, I, I believe. Something like that, yeah. Oh, ah, there you go. I didn't know that. Well, uh, shout out to the Sky, Trey Kirby. What a day! I guess the Bears lost, didn't they? But oh. you had the Sky winning the title. You had the Braves winning again on a on a, on a uh, walk off, really, uh, with a huge hit there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I thought you were going to go three for three there with the Bears, but they lost here. To your arch nemesis Packers, right? Yeah, they Sorry lost to, to the Packers, yeah. and Aaron Rodgers scored a late <laughs> touchdown, yeah. and he was screaming to the crowd, very close to the microphones, "I own you! <laughs> My whole life, I've owned you!" And Aaron Rodgers, I believe, is twenty-one and five against the Chicago yeah. Bears, so he's right about that. But that's why it was important to have the Chicago Sky playing after the Bears. Right, uh, got the city back happy, but. I don't know. To me, watching this, I realized Candace Parker is going to be, for me, like Isaiah Thomas, original Isaiah Thomas was for my dad. Because literally any time Isaiah Thomas's name comes up around the NBA, my dad's like, saw him play in high school. I'm like, wow, <laughs> you are very, very old. Yeah. But like, I made it a point to go watch Candace Parker play in high school because, you know, as she was coming up, she was, everybody knew she was going to be one of the all-time greats. If you have a chance to see that, you know, her, her high school was like five minutes from where I went to college. So we would drive down and see her play during high school to actually see it play out her entire career, uh, actually becoming one of the greatest of all time in the WNBA, really special. But now I'm going to drive my kids nuts being like, yeah, I saw her play <laughs> back when she was in high school. They'll be like, yeah. Who cares? You're very old. Look at you. Everybody knows you must have seen it. That's cool to me. I like that little anecdote there. Uh, So on tomorrow's show, I'm just going to pitch ahead to that. We're hitting the beach, guys. And I say that because we need your questions. So email them in, nodunksattheathletic.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok even. I don't know. Can you send questions through TikTok? There. I'm old by saying that. Uh, Anyway, it's at No Dunks Inc. across all those social media channels. But, yeah, we're hitting the beach tomorrow for our first one of the season where we answer your questions and comments. Uh, And you can leave them, of course, below this video as well because basketball returns tomorrow night. I mean, what a perfect little little uh, segue here from the sky ending the WNBA uh, you know, season into the NBA season starting tomorrow night. we got two games on there, uh, the doubleheader action, which we'll get to pick them later in this show. But tomorrow, Tuesday, beach step in, then games on, and then, on, of course, on Wednesday, we're back recapping everything and into all that action. But I pitched it off the top, Lee, a little roundup of all of our NBA season preview 
sort of prediction shows. Shout out to everybody that watched or listened to all parts, all five parts last week. But the question is for you guys. What is a prediction you would most like to take back? Maybe after re-listening to some of our shows or after you said it, you're like, ah, why did I go with that? You know, or that, or that was lame even a pick. Maybe you want to get a little, little more exciting with your uh, actual uh, prediction. So Trey, get us started. What is a prediction from our season preview shows that you would like to take back? I hate my finals pick. Oh. Nets over Lakers. Boring. <laughs> when I was getting ready to make it on Friday. I was like, ugh. I really painted myself into a corner here. I can't take any other teams because we already did our who's going to win the East and who's going to win the West. So had to go with the chalkiest pick of all the chalks you can chalk. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel less confident about the Lakers. I think Nets versus Bucks, honestly, it's a 50-50 toss-up at this point. The winner of the championship is going to be whoever wins if those two teams match up against each other in the playoffs. Hopefully that happens in the Eastern Conference. Hopefully it happens in the Eastern Conference Finals and we don't get... Uh, you know, a weird first-round matchup randomly uh, between these two teams. But I'm less confident in the Lakers actually winning the Western Conference because every time I look at the Lakers roster, I just can't help wondering, are they really going to start Wayne Ellington at some point? <laughs> and I'm like, Wayne Ellington has been, if he's on a playoff team, he's deep in the rotation. Right. If he's on a bad team, maybe he's starting. You don't see him starting on championship contenders. Then the other question is like, are they going to start Carmelo Anthony? There's a lot of weird questions that come up when you're talking about the Lakers. But the other teams I compare him to are the Jazz, who fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, you won't get a second chance. <laughs> Shout out to my guy, JD. It's also more like five chances now, I feel like, with the Utah Jazz. They're going to dominate in the regular season. My guess would be that they have the longest win streak in the league this year. Feels like they do every single year. But come playoff time, the question becomes, will a small ball team be able to beat them? I don't know, but it's happened before. And the big acquisition this year is Rudy Gay, who was my under-the-radar acquisition that I really liked. I think he yeah. helps, but that's almost a Wayne Ellington question. When you're making the Rudy Gay as your big off-season move... Rudy Gay is your big offseason move. That hasn't worked out for a lot of teams in the past. The other question is the Phoenix Suns. They got a chance, no doubt about it, but it just feels like things broke perfectly for them last year to be able to win a championship, and they came up a couple of games short. So I almost defaulted to the Lakers, but I wish I would have defaulted to the Golden State Warriors. Oh. Yeah, I think they're going to be obviously a tough team to beat come playoff time. We don't know what Klay Thompson is going to look like, but at least they'll have a few months of playing regular season basketball before the playoffs comes around. And we know Steph Curry is going to be Steph Curry. The defense was great last year. Will that continue? I don't know. But we know Curry is going to be as great as he's ever been, and surely Klay will be fine come playoff time. So if I wasn't chalking it up here, I probably would have went with the Warriors to win the Western Conference. Okay, And we know Jordan Poole's going to be averaging, what, mm -hmm. 30, 32 <laughs> exactly points per right, game? Yeah. Uh, you know, according to a lot of the people out there, people are high on Jordan Poole. Okay, so, yeah, you're just walking back. You're, like, sort of boring, as you called it, finals pick. You're throwing the Warriors in there. Warriors. That guy that sings that song will be very happy to hear that. Um, Tass, let's go to you next, though. What's a prediction? You're like, eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll go a different direction with this. Well, it's sort of tied into everybody talking about the Lakers and nobody talking about this guy, Nikola Jokic, as an MVP 
Winner again. I, I I find my reasoning was basically no one's talking about him, so he would almost be a surprise for voters, even though he won finals MVP last year because everybody in the Western Conference is talking about the Lakers and the Warriors, as Trey was talking about finalists that could appear there. And then the talk is not about the Denver Nuggets whatsoever. It's the Suns, the Blazers, the Mavs, the Clippers, and the Jazz. And, and the Nuggets are just so far down the list that it feels like Nikola Jokic uh, could be a surprise for voters. That was my reasoning because mm-hmm. he will he is down in the uh, in terms of the odds and no one talking about it. But it's it's gotten to a point where there's such little talk about Nikola Jokic that it's getting to me that it's it's making me think like the logical pick six months from now it's not it's not a bad pick. You want you want some odds. You want a guy who's performed without Jamal Murray before, who's had a great run, who who did it last year after Murray got hurt and can go into the offseason knowing what he's getting into. Plus, he's pissed that he got swept by the Suns in four games. It could be an under-the-radar pick, and that's that's always good for voters. There's a bit of a narrative there, but mm-hmm. it's getting to me here that zero people are talking about the Denver Nuggets, and they're just going to have to be so good uh, for him to win MVP. And it's it's just that uh, the Twitter sphere is getting to me a little bit. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it, It's happening out there that... Uh, yeah, everybody's talking about the Lakers, and they're 0-6 in the preseason, and does that mean anything? And I do think they're going to get off to a bad start. Uh, but, uh, again, no one will be talking about the Nuggets. Everybody will be talking about those other teams. So it's uh, it's it's Lakers, Warriors, and then uh, a whole bunch of other teams, not including the Denver Nuggets. So my, my Jokic pick, unless he's able to really get up there in top three, top four, I'm, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it because... There's just so many good teams in the Western Conference, really. That's a, that's a big issue. No one's really going to give Nikola Jokic, even if he's got the same numbers as last year, even if he's getting Michael Porter Jr. off. They're not going to give him MVP votes unless he takes over most of those teams I mentioned. they got to be probably mm-hmm. top three. Yeah, I could see that. So who would you go with then? Is it like a, do you lean towards like a Curry as your pick or – or someone else. Yeah, I don't think the Warriors are going to be up there in the standings that high. I think that's a problem with Steph. Steph finished the preseason with 41. The guy's ready for Tuesday night for sure. But it all depends on Clay if they're going to be up top four. I mean, Curry had an incredible year last year, and they finished eighth. So uh, uh, I think I think you'd go probably somebody from the East. I don't I don't know though. But it's it's a, a Durant Yanis vote for me at this point. Lee, what's a prediction you want to walk back? Well. I had Matisse Thybul as most improved because I think he only needs to improve his scoring a little bit to have a significant jump. But then I'm like, it's actually quite a lot to ask a guy to go from like basically four points a game to even if he goes up by, you know, three or four times, man, he's up to 15 or 16. But this tends to go to a player who makes that jump into the sort of high teens or lower 20s. And I'm just not sure Thybul on that Philadelphia 76ers team can actually score enough points he can get enough opportunities because right. you know with Seth Curry out there of course Corkmaz as well you know uh, and then you've got Maxi and Milton all these other guys they're a lot more aggressive offensively shooting and scoring the ball and this is of course not taking into account Embiid and Tobias Harris so I think Matisse Thybul he, he's got a very valuable role on that team defensively but he almost needs to be a little more selfish offensively as far as scoring if he really wants to increase his average otherwise he's only going to live off the scrap so I just don't see him taking that much of a leap offensively in his game to really stand out. Guys can improve and we can say, hey, that guy's better than he was last season. But again, this award tends to favor guys who all of a sudden, maybe they were averaging, you know, 10 points a game last season. Now they're averaging 19 or 20 yeah. a game. And I mean, recently it's been going to guys that like blossom into all-stars. 
Right, right, right. And Tybal's not in that uh, no. category yet. So, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I did fall in love with him in the uh, Olympics because he was so good for Australia, and he averaged eight points a game, shot over sixty percent. And it's like he can do that with more minutes and more opportunity in Philadelphia. But again, he's they're not going to run any plays for him. He's going to have to just be like sort of Sean Marion, just live off whatever you can get out there, get tip ins, get layups, get fast breaks, and score that way. Uh, but you know, again, I was looking back at some of his highlights. And he's just not quite aggressive enough. So he needs to almost change his mentality there on the offensive end. And maybe he's just not confident in his shot. So, yeah, it's going to be a big ask for him to uh, somehow get enough attention and, and enough opportunity scoring the ball-wise to really garner uh, uh, you know, recognition for that award. Yeah, and we and we've talked about this before. He's going to get he's going to get recognized for his defense. I mean, he yes. already has been last year making a, the second all defensive team despite playing twenty minutes per game. So, like, people are going to notice him and say, "Yeah, this guy's a lockdown defender." But yeah, MIP, ooh, very difficult. So, would you go with someone else off the top of your head? Jordan Poole's going to do it. Ah, Jordan Poole, <laughs> baby, jump in the pool. The water's fine. Yeah. No, I mean, um, yeah, I, I didn't really sort of think too far into it. it. It's a tough award to predict, you know, who is that guy who's going to make that big big leap up. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if someone What about like, Michael uh, Porter Jr. to bring it back to the Nuggets? Again, a guy that's going to go from being good but to, like, possibly an all-star level. I know he's uh, a lot of people's picks for this award. Yeah, well, definitely the scoring is going to help him yeah. for sure because he, he just, when he feels like it, he just goes out there and shoots and scores. And you can see him maybe averaging 25 a game there in, in uh, Denver. He's got an incredibly... Uh, if he tough... averages 25 a game, I like his chances of winning. Well, because he, he, he's very hard to defend. He's very, like, he can't get a, a hand up in his face. And there are times where he's just like, I'm shooting this and I don't really... Really care what our offensive scheme is i'm just putting it up right yeah. now and he can do it he's a, got a very very nice shot on him he can score quite easily so i can see that happening. i can see him leading the nuggets in scoring um uh this i think i said wiggins could lead the warriors in scoring and that didn't work out but anyway <laughs> oh, this guy's walking I back predictions from last season now. Uh, yeah i'm still trying to walk that one back yeah but uh, look there's a few out there that you misfire on so you know everyone's o and o right now everyone's a chance everyone's like at best case scenario maybe this guy could do that who knows so we'll see okay uh i'll stick with like the award predictions that i think uh i, I got one wrong already I think I just, and it's a little lame, I guess. I went with the number one pick for Rookie of the Year. I went Cade Cunningham, and that's fine. He's probably going to be good. But the odds that he wins this, I think, are low, as I don't think he's going to lead rookies in scoring, and that's honestly half the time is what it comes down to. So I forget who went with Jalen Green, but I'm jumping on that train with you, whoever me, it was, of you, Tass. Yeah, I just think the guy's going to get so many shots, and is going to take so many shots. Like, he might... I don't know. He might shoot under 40%, but yeah, he might issue. be flirting with still 20 points per game on a, on a bad Rockets team, given the opportunity. And he's a lot of fun. He gets a lot of headlines. Um, you know, he's, he's a great player, obviously, an offensive player. So I just think I would go with that one over Cade, who will, like, be a better player, I think, in three, four, five years. But I, I'm not sure right away. And, and Dwayne Casey slow plays it with rookies sometimes. Like, uh, you know, they got a lot of young talent on that Detroit team. I'm excited to actually watch them at that 7 o'clock tip time uh, when we got all those games on League Pass. But, yeah, I think I'm going to switch it up to Jalen Green because I just think it makes more sense because that's sort of where this award generally goes to. The guy scores 20. If the guy scores nearly 20 points per game as a rook, that's, that's pretty impressive. I don't care how crappy your team is and how many shots it takes you. So I'll go with you, Tass, on Jalen. Yeah, as long as the percentages aren't horrendous, yeah, uh, th yeah. that could be I'm a problem. I'm not even sure if that matters. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think it, it it depends on how bad it is. But I think playing with a big like Christian Wood will help him out. He'll get space because people will have to guard Christian Wood. It's not like 
just you know five guys out and dribble, dribble, dribble. Well, let's see what happens. He's got somebody who who will help him um, you know, put put buckets down, and so I think that'll give him some space, and that'll help the the field goal percentage a little bit. Cade, yeah, I can't wait to watch him mm-hmm. be a playmaker and make his teammates better. And by all signs, everybody loves playing with him and being that guy. But yeah, maybe the the me 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 uh, Jalen Green a little bit more of that will get him ROI this first year. I mean, I'm a little nervous for Jalen Green to get as many touches as you guys are thinking because they have Kevin Porter Jr. as well, yeah, and that no. guy is mm. a black hole when yeah. he has the ball, and they're going to give him the ball every time. He's trying to win Rookie of the Year this year, even though it's his third year. So <laughs> that's, to me, the bigger issue is that, you know, there is a rookie last year, Killian Hayes, for Detroit, but it feels like he's been superseded by Cade Cunningham, mm-hmm. rightfully so, and I don't know that that has necessarily happened in Kevin Porter Jr.'s mind for the Rockets yet. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't see, like, last year we had, you know, Anthony Edwards starts really slow and then turns it on and, you know, is the is the scorer of the rookie bunch, but LaMelo Ball wins it because, you know, he fills up the box score and the Hornets were playing phenomenal basketball before all the injuries hit them, you know, with Gordon Hayward and then himself. I don't, I, you know, Killian Hayes might have that impact like a LaMelo ball, at least filling the box score, but the Pistons are not going to win that many games. I mean, I, I don't think. I don't think they're going to be, you know, a fourth or fifth seed like the Hornets were before all the injuries struck them. So I don't see that play coming into play. So that's why I'm just sort of going to go back to, like, these will all be bad teams. You know, even Suggs, possibly even Barnes and the Raptors. I'm not, I'm not sure any of these teams will be like, whoa, wow, that rookie has come in become like their first or second best player and they're like a playoff team suddenly, I think they're all going to be sort of bad. So then I just default to the guy I think that's just going to score the most. And I'm going to go with Tass uh, on Jalen Green. Though what was my my dark horse pick was was Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> on the Pelicans. One of my favorites. I, listening back, I had a lot of Pelicans picks uh, there with Nikhil Alexander-Walker <laughs> too uh, as my uh, MIP pick. Um, so so hey, we I will, will see. I will say for the rookies... The Australian Josh Giddy had a very impressive Giddy? Yeah, okay. preseason. Uh, much better than I was expecting. He just looked very comfortable out there, scored well, has got some great assists, and uh, there's a lot more interest in that there. So, because obviously, well, I, I couldn't believe he, you didn't pick him. I said, well, I didn't really think he, you know it's a pretty strong class, and there's a lot of those guys at the top there who I think are going to get more minutes and more opportunity. But mm-hmm. uh, I just couldn't believe how comfortable Josh looked in his first few games there. Six eight, you know, he's quite tall. He can handle the ball. Can make some incredible passes. The question was going to be whether or not he could shoot the ball, but he was shooting forty percent in the uh, in the preseason. It's all preseason, but you know, I mean, pretty good start anyway for him. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I see Lee has chimed in with all of his award picks here in the stream team. Josh Giddy, Rookie of the Year. Josh Green, MIP. Matisse Thibel, Defensive Player of the Year. Patty Mills, Sixth Man. And Joe Ingles taking home the MVP. Crazy. Great picks, Lee. Uh, Patty's going to start, so he can't get the Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, uh, All right, well, let's, uh, let's come at this from the other direction here with our predictions from last week. What's a prediction you're most confident about that you just like you're pretty convinced you nailed it task it has started the brooklyn nets are going to win the east oh i know the bucks are good but i don't care i think the brooklyn nets (laughs) we just mentioned uh patty mills pretty good sub for kyrie irving if he's needed i think the biggest thing though is they had a great locker room last year and that's considering all the new parts that they had last year they can go into the summer and then figure things out and and more importantly, besides the locker room, besides Steve Nash running that thing, James Harden is in good shape. James Harden is one of the best players in the game, and last year he had an off year. 
even yeah, he was 25 and seven, whatever he was. It was it was an off year for him. He was not in shape last year. Steve Nash said at 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 one point while he was getting going his first month with the Nets, his games were his practices, and he couldn't practice because there just wasn't a lot of time. So he was getting into shape. Uh, I know we talked about. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Brooklyn Nets. Line them up. Skeets, you mentioned, whose big three is the better big three if Kyrie Irving isn't there for a long period of time? Well, you know, Giannis and and Durant, they cancel each other out. Call them what you want. Top three players in the game. Mm -hmm. But I think clearly the best number two on either team is James Harden when he's right. And he's going to be right going into the season. And there's a great article on uh, The Athletic. Alex Schiffer wrote about... Uh, James Harden and how he is one in mind with Steve Nash, how Mike D'Antoni taught both of those guys how to be who they are. And again, last year, Harden went from uh, throwing money in a strip club to to being on a basketball floor within days for the Houston Rockets, and then he got traded. And I I think he's going to go back to somewhat of that guy who led the league in scoring three straight years, especially with uh, Kyrie Irving out. Last year was just a blip for him, the three years Mm -hmm. before that. Uh, he'll 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 go back to to that for me, and I think you know, wh- whatever you think of Kyrie, uh, I think at some point he will be back. And this roster is just stacked; it is so stacked. So I think the Bucks are obviously are going to be good. They're they're going to be very good. And we talked on Friday about Yanis Setkubo if he can add uh, this this handle and just floating into jumpers on any part of the floor. I mean, that's different, that he would be a different beast. But I think we also look at the Bucks and what they were, a finished product last year, and, and Drew Holiday and Chris Milton, how great they looked in the finals. But uh, Jimmy James Harden is one of the top five, six players in the game when he's going right. And mm-hmm. I think he'll be going right from the get-go this year. So that, that changes things. And last year they had the best offense in the NBA with all those working parts and those moving parts and how they didn't really know how to figure it, figure it out and put them all together. And now... I think they're going to have it all together. Uh, they got, and I bring up the locker room because I, I don't think you know the Kyrie thing is is, is it's just not going to factor in. This locker room is just too good for that. Uh, Durant's a great leader, and Nash is a great leader, and and they're all high fiving each other. I think they'll they'll be good out of the the gate this year. Lee, same question, man. What are you uh, what what are you feeling good about? Well, the Sixth Man of the Year award tends to go to the guy who just scores the most points, and uh, my man down here in Atlanta, Kevin. Averages about uh, 11 or 12 a game coming off the bench primarily. And I really think I'm expecting the Hawks to be much better this season. And I think he's going to have a big impact because I think he did start a couple of games due to injuries and guys missing. But I think primarily he is going to come off the bench. He can shoot that three-pointer really well. He can score. He's a bigger guy too. He's 6'8". Like he's sort of a little bit... um, I don't think he's deceptive at that height. So he can play defense. He can rebound. He contributes other places on this team. And I think he can bump his scoring up there to 14 or 15 a game and, and get a little bit more recognition, especially if, as I say, the Hawks are pushing closer to that 50-win plateau. I think that's really going to help his case because he was very good for them in the playoffs coming off the bench. He did struggle a little bit starting at times, but again, they were missing uh, Hunter and he came in there for that uh, fill in for that role there. They went with Solomon Hill as well, but I think he's just more suited to coming off the bench and firing away. So... I, uh, I feel pretty good about that. I mean, there's always going to be that flashier guy like Jordan Clarkson who maybe just goes out there and has the odd 40-point game. That's probably not going to be in uh, Huerta's game. But I just think a consistent performance on a good team for a guy out there shooting who did make a bit of a name for himself in the playoffs 
could really help his case. Again, you, you need to average just, you know, you don't need to average 20 a game. I think 15, 16 a game is uh, all you need. And I think he can achieve that. So I don't mind it. I like that pick. It's always, you know, it's a, I know it's not the greatest award in the world. Cause it's usually only down to sort of one or two guys who can win it. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he can uh, keep his name in that bunch, uh, uh, certainly uh, at the start of the season sure. here anyway. What about the fact that he plays with the guy who was sixth man of the year himself and Lou Williams coming off the bench and Cam Reddish playing 25 minutes and DeLon Wright? Like, isn't there just too much firepower on that team for where to to hurt you? I mean, isn't that great, though? They're deep deep right now. You name those players. Like Cam Reddish, uh, he was really good when he did get healthy and come back against the Bucs. You know, he wants to make a name for himself because he wants to get paid. So, yeah, there, there is a uh, maybe there is a little bit uh, too much scoring there. But Lou is sort of toward the end of his career. And uh, I think the Hawks know that, that Kevin Huerta sp- spreads the floor for them. He really helps out that second unit. So it, it's going to be tough. But uh, I just like the way that he performed in the playoffs. I think he's ready to take another step up. I like that you just keep mentioning guys that are 6'8". You're really into that. When are you going to start talking about the Raptors? Every guy on the Raptors is basically 6'8". That's eight. right. That's your yeah. dream height, apparently. Yeah, I know. I know. Everyone's an undersized 6'8". Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Trey, you can wrap this up. A prediction you're most confident about from uh, last week's shows. Well, unfortunately, this fella is not 6'8". Oh. I still like John Morant's chance is uh, making his first all-star game this year. The question is going to be, do the Grizzlies take a step back, uh, swapping out Valanchunas for Steven Adams? I'm a big Jaron Jackson Jr. believer. I think his stretchiness is what will actually help Ja the most. You know, maybe they won't be quite as good of a half-court team being able to throw the ball down into Valanchunas, and he gets some pump face going, throws up a dinker and dumper and makes it. Perhaps that won't happen, but there should be less congestion inside, which is good news for John Morant. The other question was, will the Grizzlies be good enough to kind of warrant an all-star berth uh, at the midway point of the season? I think it's realistic that they're Mm -hmm. still in the mix, at least for the play-in tournament. It feels like we've got nine teams in the Western Conference who are going to be locked into challenge. And Grizzlies are probably coming in, number nine on that list, but that's still a playoff team. They were still over 500 last season i think being at 500 is more reasonable this year but if the grizzlies are challenging it's going to be because john morant is balling out and he's done it so far in his career i expect he'll take another step and i think the chemistry with him and jaron jackson jr is going to be nice to see and if you're a grizzlies fan honestly that's what you want to see you want to see those two guys being the best players Mm -hmm. on your team rather than john morant and a collection of guys. So I'm a little bullish on the Grizzlies. They might be worse than last year, but not significantly so. I got a question that I didn't have in the show rundown. So you're going to have to like pull it off the top of your head, guys. But in in maybe listening back to the shows from last week or not, maybe just thinking about them, what team did we talk about the least from those five shows? Uh, like, was there a squad or two, Lee, that we just like almost never mentioned. I was just thinking about this while I was well, listening. Well, I mean, Orlando didn't get a whole lot, but there's not a lot of great reason to talk about the Magic <laughs> this year. Uh, I'm thinking out west. Uh, the Jazz got a little bit. Yeah. The Clippers, the Clippers, really. Not a whole lot about them. I picked them to make the finals. Just just talked myself into it on the fly there. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, they, they didn't really get right. a whole lot of uh, attention. Like no one, you know, Paul George actually is a viable MVP candidate this season, I think. But we He will be for six weeks. 
Oh, I, think, I believe I think that. A bit more than that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I will seven. no longer tolerate any seven slander weeks. for Paul okay. George. He, he was incredible for that team in the playoffs. Uh, Ty Lue, coach of the year, didn't really get any uh, buzz. No? Um, <laughs> what about this guy? Terrence Mann, I guess. Yeah, let's go. Here we go. <laughs> MIP. Oh, yeah, you guys talked about Terrence Mann's nickname for like 10 minutes. I heard. <laughs> okay, so the Magic. Anyone else, Tass, that you're just like, oh, we didn't really... And it doesn't need to be a bad team by any means. It's just like maybe one of the better teams that we just sort of like just didn't come up a whole lot. Yeah, I think we did a pretty good job of talking about 29 of 30 teams. But uh, when it came to the Magic, it was a Norlando. Norlando. No, we didn't talk about them whatsoever. I, and I'm high on them. I, 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 I'm not, not high, high, but <laughs> what? Uh, high. You're high on them finishing with the worst record <laughs> yeah. in the league. Yes. I think that's the only time they came up. Okay. But hey, you want you want to what about this guy? Jalen Suggs. He's going to have a chance at Rookie of the Year. Talk about a guy with opportunity. He's going to have the ball in his hands the entire time. As for a team we didn't speak about at all, I think this is the answer. Because we shoehorned in the San Antonio Spurs during Part 5. So we got a little Spurs talk. But this team did not come up hardly at all. The Wizards. Only asking Lee if he knew who their coach was. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Unseld uh, Jr. Oh, you did, <laughs> you did not expect yeah. the W's uh, to come first. But uh, <laughs> the Wizards, there's a guy. Uh, what about this guy? Spencer Dinwiddie. That's an under-the-radar acquisition sure. over the year that I think could actually be helpful if he comes back and he's able to take a little bit off the plate of Bradley Beal and maybe be a more efficient, ready-to-go version of Russell Westbrook. It took the Wizards a while to start playing Wizards basketball. We'll see what Dinwiddie can do after basically a year out, but I think a Dinwiddie-Beal match is nice in the backcourt. The rest of the Wizards, I don't know what you like about them, but at least they got Spencer Dinwiddie. Well, I mean, Tess, you're usually high on Rui Hachimura, um, Mm -hmm. which, you know, could have another sort of breakout season for him. I think the Wizards are a... a, They could be good. (laughs) Like, they're... They're a weird team with obviously Kuzma there now, and uh, you know they got some KCP, bigs that back from injury. Yeah. yeah, it's like they could be good, uh, but I don't know. We'll yeah, see they've what they got a, they've got to make up of a team that's got a lot of solid guys, so they could overachieve. It's a little yeah. little Indiana Pacers like with Spencer and sure. Beal in the backcourt, and then Casey Pree's probably your starting small forward, then Rui and Daniel Gafford, and then you got a bench of Kuzma and Harrell. Yeah, start talking to yourself into being a solid a solid group in the East that. That jumps into the uh, the play-in tournament, you know, just like you know, they just can, like they last can... season. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> just like, just last, like season. last season. <laughs> All right, I think it is the Wizards. I think that's the answer. Good stuff. I'm, I'm glad we got to it. All right, we got to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to get to the up-down report. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's get into the up-down report. Preparing your tubies. It's the up-down report. Oh, man. It's been so long since we've heard this music. 
Good stuff, JD. Yeah, the up-down report. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Play along in the stream team there. Let us know in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us, at NoDunksInc, your answers. Okay, first one. I'm going to keep this one short and sweet, the intro. Ben Simmons has returned to Sixers practice. Happened on Sunday. But his availability remains in doubt. That's right. No decision has been made on whether Simmons is going to play in Wednesday's season opener in New Orleans or even then Friday, the home opener uh, there in Philly. Tass, I know we've been, Phil looks like we've been doing this for weeks already, but up or down, is Ben Simmons playing for the 76ers this week in one of those two games in particular? Give me the up. Oh, he's got the thumb. He's got the giant thumb. Yeah, we're getting the studio ready. We're doing some spring cleaning, and I got this thumb out of there to do a little work. And it came up very handy today because I think Ben Simmons plays. The faster he plays, the faster he gets traded, in my mind. If other GMs are seeing him on the floor, okay, he looks good. Uh, Maybe we can, you you know, cobble up a package to trade for him. So I think it's in the Philadelphia 76ers' best interest to get him on the floor. Also, he's got to be in good shape. Have you seen those workout videos of him working out in the summer? I'm sure he's good. Everything you see in those workout videos is entirely true, right? <laughs> well, so Rivers I, says he's not in game shape. I know, I know. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he, he did say he's, yeah, he's a little behind. But I think if he goes and plays after a couple practices against New Orleans, against the Thomas Sadoransky, Devontae Graham backcourt, he could have a monster stat line. And I think if he plays on Wednesday, it's a good warm-up before going home to play against those crazy Philadelphia fans. They will be crazy. And I think he wants to get a road game in first. So if he doesn't play Wednesday, I don't think he's playing Friday. But I think I yeah. think he could calm the storm if he just gets out there on Friday. And I know the 76ers fans are going to be all over him. If he has a good game Wednesday and he gets out there in midcourt and gives a little, hey, like, give me some love. You know, if, I, I think they'll be back on his side real quick. Us fans, we just we turn on a dime. and We just right. change sides in two seconds. So I, I don't think that'll last long. Uh, if, if Ben gets out there, uh, I still think he wants to be dealt. I don't think there's any doubt about that, right? I think it helps if his case uh, mm-hmm. to get out there now, and then he'll be dealt a little bit quicker because of it. I think he's going to talk to the media possibly today or tomorrow, hmm. Lee. Uh, ben Simmons is. He, he was there practicing, but he didn't say anything uh, to the reporter. So we'll find out uh, maybe by the time you've listened to this. He has had something to say. But what's your gut say, Lee? Are you up or down on him actually playing this week? Oh, I think he has to play. I think he's got to get out there and show what he's got in his bag, really, because I think Daryl Morey's probably said to Rich Paul, I'm not trading him while his value is this low. If he wants to be traded to a good team, he has to get out there and show that he actually is back and he can play and he's improved his game and uh, he brings some value back to us because right now he's just like getting those offers that other teams are throwing at him. This is, again, my speculation that they're just saying, we're not giving up our top-level talent for a guy who just won't even turn up and work out for his team after what happened in the playoffs last season. And I also hope that Ben Simmons watched Giannis in the preseason games. I did not see a single Giannis off-season workout video. If you guys did, let me know. But Giannis obviously worked on his game and then put it into practice in those uh, preseason games. We'll see if that carries over to the regular season. But the point being that Giannis clearly went out there, even though he just won the championship, he's a two-time MVP, he's one of the greatest players at the top 75 of all time, he will be announced in a couple of weeks, no doubt about that. A couple of days, Lee. A couple of days, yeah. and he clearly didn't get complacent with that. Instead, he was like, I know people are kind of saying, this championship was lucky, a shortened season, you know, Giannis, they got lucky, they're not going to be able to do it again. 
Instead, I think he's like, I'm going to, I'm so determined to prove to people I'm going to get better and better each season. So I think that's important because Ben Simmons, those videos, I don't think helped his case at all, especially if he does play in these, in these first few games and the shot's not there or he's not taking the shot because mm-hmm. he's actually going up against NBA level talent rather than just those dudes like me out there on the floor and he's shooting 100%. That's what we saw online. So I think for Ben Simmons, he's got to get out there and, and just show that he still is uh, someone worth trading for to the other teams or the Sixers and the fans are going to boo him. Okay, get that out of your system. But as Tass is saying, if he goes out there and plays really well and plays hard, the fans will be back on his wagon in two seconds because that's yeah. the way fans are. We're dumb like that. We're like, oh, he's awesome. We're winning. Yeah, we love him, actually. Forget about all that stuff. So I think it's imperative that he get, gets out there as quick as he can on the floor to show us what he's got. Okay, Trey, what's your prediction? Is he playing Wednesday or Friday night? Nope. Okay. Not this week, buddy. Not playing Wednesday, not playing Friday. I think the conditioning is going to be Ben Simmons' version of James Harden calling in Rachel Nichols for an interview. Mm. Basically, his way to be around the team without actually having to be around the team. Like you're saying, Tass, they got that home opener on Friday, but they got three road games that come after that. So if Ben Simmons doesn't play Friday, the Sixers wouldn't have another home game until October 28th. That's 10 days that Daryl Morey has a chance to trade Ben Simmons, which I think is more likely uh, than getting it done in the next two days. We shall see. Um, But to me, Simmons doesn't necessarily want to face the fans right away. And I think that the Sixers are doing a quality job of covering for him, saying he's not in shape. We don't know if he's going to play. We don't know if the availability is going to be there. I don't think Ben Simmons is anxious to start the season with the Sixers. So the longer he can delay it would be my guess. Uh, I think everyone is being hilariously professional and diplomatic about this situation. Uh, so I wonder if that's like a Maury mandate or not, and just or it's just the entire uh, Sixers organization, all their players and coaches. I mean, they are they are handling this pretty well. I'll give them credit. Like they're saying all the right things with this guy who doesn't want to be there. Obviously, who you crapped on last year with his playoff performances, and you're just like pretending to make this sort of work. Tobias Harris said. And I'll give him uh, you know, points for being at least honest. He said, the vibe was what it was. Was it perfect? No. But we're here to do a job, and that's to win basketball games. We put on our big boy pants and get on the floor and do what we do. Uh, I love that. And like that's, a lot of them were saying similar things. Go ahead, Lee. That's the verbal version of what about this guy? Here are some words you guys can just make well, out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the I, I, but like, it is what it is. It is what it is. Like, it's, it has to be awkward. You can't convince yeah. me. But at the same time, these guys are like, yeah, this is a, this is a business. And this crap happens. And we got to go out and focus on winning games and trying to win the one seed. And we're trying to win a title if Ben Simmons is here or isn't. So I get that. It's interesting, too. Shake Milton is nowhere near playing yet. Um, he's got an ankle injury. So, you know, they, they, they would like him out there, Ben Simmons. They'd like a guard, I assume, if they're going to try and, like, increase his trade value and all that and win these games uh, in the first couple of days. But... I think I will ultimately go thumbs down on him playing this week, too. I'm with Trey that uh, I think it'll be more likely if he's still there. It'll be a next week uh, that Simmons is back in the lineup. But maybe. Who knows with this crap? All right, our next one. Over the weekend, the Phoenix Suns agreed to terms with forward Mikael Bridges on a four-year $90 million contract extension. The deal, averaging $22.5 million per season, is fully guaranteed and kicks in after this season. So after 2021-22 Phoenix had until 6 p.m. Eastern today to extend Bridges beyond his rookie deal. And as of recording uh, this podcast, they've yet to come to terms with DeAndre Ayton. 
uh, the number one pick of the 18 draft class. That's a little interesting, but start with Bridges here before we maybe spin it into Aiton Lee. Are you up or down on them signing this extension, uh, the four-year $90 million deal? You like it? Yeah, it's a pretty good deal. This could even end up being a bargain for the Suns in year four, especially if Bridges continues to show the improvement he's shown in his first three seasons. 13 points a game last season, 54% from the field, 43% from three on four and a half attempts a game. And he just missed out on all defense second team. In fact, he had more first place votes than Matisse Thybul, who made it, but Thybul had more overall votes. Mm-hmm. So he was so close there to making one of the, uh, one of you know, one of the great teams to make at the end of the season. All defense, good recognition there for you. I thought in the playoffs, up until the final four games of the playoffs, he was really, really good. His scoring dipped a touch, but his percentages went up 49% and 39%. And I think that was the thing. He almost just ran out of gas a little bit there in those final four games when the Suns, who were two wins away from winning a championship, just came up a little bit short. And, and, you know, that was one of the reasons they missed his contribution there. So I think, though, overall, you look at this deal and you think perhaps, you know, you could even make a case that overpaying him a little at the start. But I don't think that's really uh, a, a serious factor because in the end, $22 million for a guy who's a 3 and D guy, and he could really get his scoring up to sort of 18 or 19 a game by the end of this deal. And if he makes an all-defense team, you could maybe even make a case he's, he's getting all-star consideration if he continues uh, to show the improvement that he's shown so far. So I think if you're the Suns, a no-brainer. Same for Bridges. You get paid if you play both ends of the floor and shoot well. And mm-hmm. uh, he's proven that. So a pretty good deal for uh, both parties right now. Tass, you like this move here? like this contract? Oh, yes. Mikel Bridges is what everybody dreams about when their team drafts a 3 and D player. He is absolutely a perfect part of a championship team. And it's easy to say that after they went to the NBA Finals with him. But, yeah, he didn't drop off at all. He only got better. He is, he's that dream because, yes, he's an incredible defender. He only plays within himself. And if uh, everybody leaves him open because there are other stars on the team to guard, mm-hmm. And he can have a 20-point night like he did throughout the, the postseason. So this, this, this number, I think, is, is great when it lines up with uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And then the question is, are they going to sign DeAndre Ayton, who is uh, ex- an extreme, extremely important part uh, to this team? Are they going to extend him before the deadline here? Or are they going to wait till, uh next season? Because Ayton will be paid more than Mikel Bridges. It's understandable. Um, but as far as this number goes here... Yeah, this is this is this is a no-brainer because it's not superstar money. It's it's you know you can you call it what you want. I think he'll he'll be looked at as one of the better contracts you know years from now because he's going to be doing the same thing as uh, as he enters you know deeper into his twenties and that's what every team needs. Yeah, I, I assume you're sort of up on this too, Trey. But what do you what what impact does this have on this potential Aiton extension, whether or not it happens here today? Because they got seven hours to do it. Well, that's the question. I mean, this is an easy thumbs up yeah. for Bridges. Like Tass said, it's almost rare to find a 3 and D draft guy who's actually good at both three-pointers and defense. It's usually like a great shooter and an okay defender, mm-hmm. ergo your 3 and D, or the flip-flop. Lockdown defender, whoops, you're shooting 33% from three in the NBA. That has not been the case with Bridges. He does it elite style on both ends of the court, but I would still rather have Aiton's deal finished today than... Bridges deal finished today. Like Tass said, he's eligible for a much bigger max and eventually the Suns or some other team are going to give it to him and then the Suns perhaps will have to match that if it comes in restricted free agency. The only concernicus I would have if I'm Phoenix is that if I don't get the Aiton deal done today on extension day, does he go into the season upset with the franchise? It seems certainly possible. I was reading some TMZ reports 
that Robert Sarver and DeAndre Ayton had a drink together, and DeAndre Ayton looked very intense during this meeting. So <laughs> I don't know if he just was coming in with his serious face on. He watched the master class on how to negotiate. <laughs> he right. said no smiles at the table. As long as they get that deal done and they've got Devin Booker and Mikhail Bridges and DeAndre Ayton all locked up alongside Chris Paul, it's all gravy. Just get the Ayton deal done. Yeah, and uh, I saw Bobby Marks tweeting here, uh, I believe it was uh, earlier today, the extensions that we have so far from this 2018 class, you got Doncic there and Trey Young, Wendell Carter Jr., uh, four at 50 mil, now Bridges, Gildas Alexander with the uh, max money, Michael Porter Jr., and then Robert Williams coming in there. A total of $913 million if you're keeping track for these guys. But yeah, we will see here with Aiton. Um, Again, only a few hours left. If he doesn't, you know, they don't come to an extension, he becomes a restricted free agent next offseason uh, if they don't come to that agreement, which which could get interesting. And, and I'm with you, Trey. It's, uh, you know, you just went to the finals. Uh, do, you, do you risk upsetting your big man who was instrumental in getting you there and, and was a phenomenal player for them uh, throughout the regular season and into the playoffs? Um, we'll see if they get it done here in the final couple of hours. As for Bridges, I think another note about him, you guys keep bringing up the 3 and D, he also just never misses a damn game. Mm. <laughs> he's, I think he's played in every game uh, of his career. So he's got like a little Iron Man streak going. And when you're, when you're the perfect role player, that's good. Get a, <laughs> Sop up minutes, take the best uh, offensive guy on most nights, uh, try and lock them up, and then be able to hit that three like we talked about there. So that's huge too, that he's, uh, I think, played in every single game for them um, since he uh, made his way to Phoenix. So good for him getting paid, and I think that's a great, great deal. Final one. According to Josh Gerben, Kawhi Leonard has filed a trademark for Clip Gang. Yeah, the Clippers All-Star intends to sell hoodies, sweats, t-shirts with that phrase, or I guess some variation of it. A month ago, showing you the photos here, shout out to Ben Golliver, uh, this pick went sort of viral because Kawhi was rocking a Clip Gang or Don't Bang hoodie at the Intuit Dome groundbreaking, but has now, in theory, sort of tried to trademark Clip Gang. So the question is simple, Trey. Are you up or down on on Clip Gang uh, merchandise or just the phrase in general? Are these shorts Clip Gang shorts? (laughs) Oh, you like those, (laughs) Because I'm loving those beach shorts. That'd be great. Throw them on over your swim trunks, walk on down, and hit the waves. As for Clip Gang or don't bang, I'm a big thumbs down. What in the world does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Clip gang or don't bang? Clip gang is barely a nickname for the Clippers. You could use it for any basketball team. Deer gang, that's the Bucks. Uh, Hawk gang, that's the Hawks. What do they call them? Hustle gang (laughs) or something like that. Yeah. It's just as uh, just two words put together. Clip gang. (laughs) Lob City was great. They tried to go by a tribe called Bench at one point. (laughs) I know Task called them the Chip Clip, which I like even more than Clip Gang. And also, I get a little worried for a guy like Kawhi Leonard trademarking this. He could easily end up in a starter's mat situation where the team name changes and suddenly you got this trademark (laughs) for no reason, but you don't want to change it because you got that verified check mark. (laughs) I'm down on Clip Gang. Okay. All right. Uh, Lee, would you be rocking a... a a clip bang hoodie no no it it just seems weird it just does seem weird for a guy who's on his third team as well it's like uh, it's not like he's been there forever and he's like i'm gonna just be a one team guy it's like well you're there now Kawhi, but maybe you're gonna be on another couple of teams before your career's over so what are you gonna do then with those uh, shirts and the the merchandise it's 
Yeah, it's it's just weird. It doesn't nothing about that sweater or that top he's wearing as well. It's like I really want one of those. That looks awesome. It looks like just a regular sweater with some well, embroidery. There, there on was it. a photo on the back that we weren't showing. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. I missed that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it just it's just weird as well coming from Kawhi because he doesn't seem to care about anything. So why does all of a sudden he care about something that's this is more almost more like a don't drink and drive type of like labeling there as well. You know, like it sort of punches out off the shirt, but it's like clip gang or don't bang what what are you okay. talking about this? <laughs> i'm just saying it's, it's just it's, it's just weird there's nothing all right it's weird i'll give you that okay yeah. okay apparently lee uh, excuse me tass um lou williams may have come up with this i, I saw you know some some internet sleuths were uh trying to figure out like who started this and from what i could find and what other people found was like you know how they do those like sort of weird like i guess they're just Twitter posts like going into a season like what's your motto or like uh, what's something fun about you and anyway I guess Lou Williams said click gang clip gang or don't bang a couple years ago on his thing (laughs) so I guess Kawhi likes it Uh, but what do you think Tess yeah it it doesn't really seem uh, cohesive I guess but I guess if you think about it from this perspective if Kawhi has those sweaters on on the bodies of Clippers fans out there and the streets right. of LA of fans out there, the, the idea is if you, you're either with us or you're not, you know, don't be some, uh, some second rate fan, some, some, some front running fan that is going to join us now. If we're better than the Lakers to start the season, he wants, you know, he's trying to build a Clipper brand and trying to make it cool. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying, Lee, that it kind of looks like uh, a don't drink and drive font. I get that. I'm not, I'm not sure he's too worried about, um, and not being able to sell these sweaters down the road. I don't think he's worried about a Matty O incident where uh, he's got too many of these sweaters. Oh, what am I going to do? I've put too much money into this patent. Uh, I, I think he'll be all right financially. Uh, it's it's interesting that it has nothing to do with New Balance. Like, why did New Balance get on mm. board? Uh, mm-hmm. But this is just a Kawhi, a Kawhi endeavor. This is, is a Kawhi joint, and he's going to make it happen, I guess. Like, well, I could, I, you, can, you could see those on the bodies of people in L.A., maybe. <laughs> I guess. The, I, I, could see, I could picture their bodies wearing yeah. that hoodie. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Clippers need to be worried about bandwagon fans, I will say, in Los not. Angeles. They're not the team that needs to worry about that. Right, right. Um, they got the toilets, though. Yeah. Toilet gang. <laughs> That's true. So many pissers. Uh, Piss gang. <laughs> okay, so uh, JD, I know you were throwing up some thumbs up and thumbs down there. Uh, what's what's your take on Clip Gang and, and were the uh, what's the stream team's overall uh, vibe? Were there more thumbs up or thumbs down for this? Uh, definitely more down. down? I am okay. with the downs. Mm. Uh, I should have grabbed a thumb. But anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just boring. But you know what? <laughs> yes. You, yes. Uh, you got to like that he's he's on the team. He's obviously 100% in on being on the Clippers. And as a Clippers yep. fan, you want your superstar to buy into the team. So that's a positive, I guess. But yep. uh, I even I wouldn't wear this. You're not into <laughs> it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fucking... Nailed it. Uh, speaking of merch, go get your real No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. A lot better than that crap we just showed you. Uh, nothing but Dunks bangers. gang or don't bang. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, all right, we got to take one more break. When we come back, though, our first tweet of the night of uh, this new NBA season and our first pick So we'll get to that in a second. We've got to pay the bills. 
I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants... Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. 
Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Okay, well, I've, uh, I'm so excited to throw to this stinger because it's been so long. It is time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Tweet of uh. Oh, I love the, the deep voice Tass and the, the lead Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. And uh, JD, you're getting us started here. You, you wanted the first one of uh, this new NBA season. What, what is the tweet of the night? I did, and uh, of course, it has nothing to do with the NBA, yes. but it does have to do with our brand new podcast, No Buffs. Uh, and I saw this tweet over the weekend, and I was like, man, I'm doing tweet of the night. The first night out, because we don't have Tweet of the Night on No Buffs, but it's from our man Wendell. Wendell Holland just Mm. randomly tweeted out, unsolicited, I don't think, he tweets, definitely loving my dudes from No Dunks, absolutely killing it with their No No Buffs podcast. This is another fun Survivor podcast with guys that know their stuff, give it a listen. So, yeah, I mean, this is exciting. This is as exciting as Kyrie saying he likes our show. And uh, (laughs) just whenever we we get NBA players a lot when we were uh, at the starters, just coming, hey, I love the show, but watch it. Dwayne Wade's got it on. We see see them in shots of them in their limo with the starters on. But, you know, I was just chuffed. We've got he's he is Wendell Holland, the winner of Survivor 36 Ghost Island, and uh, the villain kind of of uh, winners <laughs> at war. But we love him, uh, and uh, we're working on a little project with him right now as well. Um, but uh, I'm just so happy that he's listening to the show. And uh, Lee, it's a great time to get in. Great, great, <laughs> great time to get in. The merge is coming Always. up. It's not not this week, but next week. I think we're going to be in the merge. So. I was going to say, Jetty, can you just bring that tweet up again? Because I think Wendell might also be a uh, no breaks fan. If you look at oh, the, yeah. uh, you know, he's got the the racing flags there. So uh, maybe uh, maybe he's angling to get on the no breaks podcast as well. Speaking of, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, uh, so, that is fantastic. I was uh, JD, just like you. I saw this tweet when I was in Arizona, and I was like, whoa. Was awesome, and I was like, "Did Trey reach out to Wendell and ask him to tweet this? Did Jason Concepcion reach out to him?" And the answer is no. Wendell's just a just a fan of No Buffs, and uh, we love to see it. And uh, I listened to it; it was a great podcast, as I said off the top of this. So go check that out if you love Survivor or you're trying to get into Survivor. We have a lot of fun. Uh, JD Trey, Jason Concepcion Network. You know him on Twitter and myself usually. Though I have a problem now. I've missed two No Buffs episodes. And I love it because I get to then listen to No Buffs. <laughs> and you guys talk about it. Like, I don't even want to be on the show. So I'm just going to sit out the next one, too, and just listen to it. Just be a download. No, you guys are fantastic. And, uh, and I love it. And, uh, yes, thank you to Min Power for pointing this out. Lee, I see where you're getting there with the, uh, the little checkered flags. It's for Nipsey Hustle. Uh, right. The marathon uh, continues there. But, uh, you know, hey, maybe Wendell likes F1, too. It's possible. He'll get him on no breaks, Trey. He's a very well-rounded individual, so I'm sure he's into all sorts of uh, That's right. sports. And, and, uh, and yeah, so but anyways, we, we should have him on the show because uh, oh, he was great on that no one bus? time. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Does, yeah. does he have his own show on HGTV? He does. He does. Part. It's yeah. called oh, wow. Hot Mess House, and I was thinking I have probably more chance of getting on that reality show than Survivor. <laughs> 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 I mean, I've never seen it, but uh, I am. I imagine it. He uh, takes messy homes and makes them not messy anymore, and I could definitely use that. So, 
Good start with uh, cleaning up the mail that Rachel's kept for three years on your kitchen (laughs) counter. Um, That's right. Okay. All right. That's awesome. Shout out to Wendell. We definitely will get him on a No Buffs episode. Rick Devins also wants to come on a No Buffs episode. We got to line up all these uh, survivor greats and get them on some of these podcasts and actually talk to people that know what they're talking (laughs) talking about. (laughs) I mean, we just like, we just sit there, shoot the shit and second guess everything. These people have been out there on the island. Bring the real insight. Um, but check that out. No Buffs. It's its own separate YouTube feed. Uh, obviously, podcast feed. Just search No Buffs Survivor 41, and it should populate wherever you uh, watch or listen to the show. Pretty okay. funny comment from Cold Lunch here in the stream team. Wendell's like, No Buffs? I gave you Buffs. <laughs> he did. <laughs> that's true. He did. We'll change gave- the name when he comes on. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Um, okay, pick them. Re- uh, not results. There's no results yet. Our pick them. For Tuesday night, because I said, tomorrow, Beach Steppin'. We'll be answering a lot of your questions that you guys have already sent in. You still got time. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at no dunks inc. Leave them in the YouTube comments. But that's a Beach Steppin' episode. So why don't we task just look ahead to our first game? It's the first game of the season, for crying out loud. It is the Brooklyn Nets in Milwaukee. And the line brought to you by BetMGM is the Bucks are favored by one and a half. Very small line, Tassie. Uh, yeah. For this game, and we've already made our picks heading into this one. Why don't just let's just beat everybody to the punch here and make the selections? And there they are. We're showing you on YouTube. Tass, the only one taking the nets to cover on the road. What's the thinking, Tass? Oh, it's got to be different. Got to be different. Sure. Everybody's going to be yeah. excited about the Buckaroos at home getting their rings. I suppose I haven't heard yep. about that, but I assume that they are right. I I always think. I that think I think so. Yeah, I think that yeah. is happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like betting against the champs because you know I think mm. there's going to be a bit of a championship letdown, and that never happens with Giannis Antetokounmpo at the helm. Why the heck would that happen? He's going to be holding his boys accountable. Um, but I, I, you know, I also like the revenge factor, having that the been that the Bucks you know beat these Nets in round number two. Uh, James Harden will be ready to play on two legs as opposed to the one and a half that he had against the Bucks in round number two. So yeah, I'll take the uh, the opposing team and get myself out to either a, a game ahead or a game behind, as I I am wont to do. All right, <laughs> some people agreeing with you in the stream team. Nets are going to be spoiling the ring ceremony. So Tass has the Nets, but the Bucks are favored by one and a half. So uh, Lee. Trey and myself need a, a Milwaukee two-point victory or more. But that is on Tuesday night. Tomorrow during the day, like I said, or in the morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube, Beach Steppin'. So join us live if you want to uh, hear us possibly answer some of the questions that you guys have already sent in or tweeted in. And half the time we start talking to the stream team when we're doing those shows too. So come join us at 10 a.m. Eastern. And yes, I do owe some pick and payoffs. I see people saying that in the stream team. 100% true. We haven't forgotten. Uh, I might just wear a weird hat for one of them, but uh, we'll figure that out. But got a couple to pay off here. <laughs> we'll have to do it early. Otherwise, I'll start losing more, and then I'll be like four or five deep. Uh, we don't want to get to that point. But Did thank you, you for hats in Zona? keeping me honest. No, oh, no, hat? that's not. No, no, that's not hiking true. Hat. I bought a winter. I bought a women's winter hat. Bought a toque. Uh. Uh Because it was surprisingly cold when we first got there to Arizona. Um, Probably should have done a better job of checking the weather. Very cold at night. Thought, you know, those early morning hikes may want to keep keep the body temp high. You know, know, all that that heat escaping from your head. So we went to a quick stop at Walmart in Page, Arizona. No men's hats. No toques left. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, he hit the women's department? No, it wasn't that. You don't got to show that. Uh, but uh, my buddy Grish, our buddy Grish got one, and uh, I did as well. And then, of course, in the end, I didn't even end up wearing it because uh, it warmed up while we were there. But I did buy a hat test to answer your question. Which is amazing. Yeah, cool. Glad I asked. Yeah, yeah, okay. Can I just wear a toque for a pick and pay off? Yeah, that's what our uh, our pick and pay offs are resorting to. They're just they're just the Silly easiest hats. thing. Yeah, last year I had an Arby sandwich with applesauce. Oh, he put applesauce on his beef. I know JD is very angry that things are getting have, have devolved into us just sitting here eating or wearing hats. Uh, are we going to get back on the train, JD, of making these things embarrassing or what? Well, I mean, embarrassing would be good. Something uh, unpleasant at the very least, uh, you know. Come um, on. This is embarrassing, okay? <laughs> he, he does have a point. Yeah, yeah uh, that is good. a horrible hat. And I look Agreed. ridiculous. I mean, I look, always look ridiculous, but... Even more so in this hat. I think that's a fair pick and pay off. I got it's no, it's no like worse to than wear, wear a weird hat. Yeah. <laughs> to wear that for one day on our show is not really, uh, you know, you should have to wear what? it for the month, the entire oh, month. Yeah. The month, get like out of here. <laughs> or wear it to a restaurant. Go to a restaurant and just put that on and just see it. You know. Okay, that would suck. Wear it to a yeah. restaurant. That, like, you just walk in there, you get a table for two, yeah, and they're just, they're, if you can, somehow record the reaction. This guy's definitely ordering yeah. a pizza. That's what I'm yeah. like. <laughs> 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 oh. All right. Uh, I do, JD. I don't know why I just thought of this. Um, I want to try the, the uh, shock collar. Yeah, okay. I'm up for it. I'm up right. for it. I think... I think we could have some fun with it. Maybe we wait till we're all together for that one, like uh, mm-hmm. in the same studio space. I think that could be funnier. But put the shock collar, the dog shock collar around the neck, and I don't know, Tass or you or somebody else has the full controls and can buzz me whenever they want. Though, That's a great testing idea. it out that one time, it had, it had it packed a punch. Did you put it on your neck? I can't remember. No, I put it on my wrist. Right, like, oh. right. I mean, that was when you sort of even knew it was coming, too. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. All right. I think that would be uh, great. A... Okay. We may have to have like a, a paramedic standing by just in case. I don't know what uh, I don't know what yeah. kind of damage that can do, but uh, I think it would be hilarious. Absolutely yeah, hilarious. Sh- shock the hat right off my head. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you have pick and pay off ideas, now is a good time to uh, let us know uh, in the YouTube comments or tweet them at us uh, at No Dunk Sink. Okay, let's call it there. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to uh, get to watching basketball very, very soon. This is our last night, Lee, for a long time without hoops on. What are you doing? You doing anything special tonight? Uh, no, not tonight. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you for your honest story, man. I got plans? No, that's all right. Though. All right. I thought <laughs> yeah. you might, I don't know, I thought you might take Roxy out for a nice dinner or something. Uh, no, no, no. We've, we've been doing, you know, little things here and there. We've been able okay. to do it, you know. So, uh, okay, good. you know. Yeah, we've been enjoying the uh, the non-basketball season. It's been good. So, uh, yeah, nothing special. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, go get your No Dunks merch over at nodunks.com. Email in your questions and comments, nodunks.theathletic.com, and leave us those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Um, I guess we'll bring back uh, Five Star Friday when we get at least into uh, early November. So you got some time there if you haven't left us that five-star rating. Until tomorrow, with Beach Steppin', Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome.
Thanks for joining us. And remember, no dunks gang or don't bang. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.